you do want to be notified at some point, right? So the, so the hope is they'll fix it. And they also told you they fixed it. Because what you do is you want to be aware that at some point in time, I did have a risk. I know you fixed the risk now, but did I have it for one day or did I have it for 90 days? You're listening to KBCast, the cybersecurity podcast for all executives. Cutting through the jargon and hype to understand the landscape where risk and technology meet. Now, here's your host, Carissa Breen. Tenable detected two critical vulnerabilities in Microsoft Azure's platform in March and alerted Microsoft. Tenable assessed the severity of the vulnerabilities, both of which could be exploited by anyone utilizing the Azure Synapse service. Before downplaying the risk to users, Microsoft discreetly patched one problem. It wasn't until they learned that Tenable was going public that their story altered. They privately admitted the severity of the security issue 89 days after the initial vulnerability notification. So today I'm interviewing Bob Huber, Chief Security Officer and Head of Research at Tenable on the show to hear their side of the story. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for making time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Bob, at a high level, can you talk me through what happened? Absolutely. So let me let me start a little bit of background of how research operates within Tenable. So we have a team of folks we call the zero-day team as a part of research, and they're tasked with identifying zero-day vulnerabilities across um, a myriad of solutions. You know, they're, they're funded and resourced to do that research. And one of the areas that we targeted this year was the, the cloud service providers, and specifically in this case, uh, Microsoft and their Azure capabilities. Uh, and the researchers are free to target whatever components of the platform they're interested in uh, based on their own capabilities and, and desires. And in this case, they uh, targeted Microsoft Synapse Service. So it's an analytics capability that Microsoft has, uh, which is a managed service, right? You don't run the services yourself. They provide the services for you. And, you know, the searchers identified a few vulnerabilities, as you mentioned, in the platform. And being good uh, industry citizens, you know, we follow a responsible disclosure process. So, of course, you know, we identify the vulnerabilities. We send those to Microsoft and provide them all the details so they can, in essence, uh, simulate the vulnerabilities we've identified and, one, validate that they are indeed vulnerabilities. And it also allows them time to understand, you know, what issues this may cause for their uh, larger customer base uh, and gives them an opportunity to address them as well. Right. So you found this, these vulnerabilities and then you alerted Microsoft straight away, I'm guessing. Then what happened after that? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, you know, the way disclosure process works, uh, certainly for, for industry in general and, and security and, and Microsoft as well, most organizations have a 90-day disclosure policy. And, and the reason being is, you know, we want folks to be able to re- review the data we're providing them you know, like I said, validate it's an issue, relay the concerns, uh, make fixes or patches if they can, and then also gives folks an opportunity to inform their customers or their user base as well. Uh, and, and like I said, that's very standard practice across our industry. And, you know, in all honesty, what seemed to happen here is this, the communication process failed. Uh, you know, our researchers, this is what they do every day. So they're used to back and forth dialogue with lots of different organizations. Uh, admittedly, some are hostile. That wasn't the case here. They weren't hostile. Um, it was just They just weren't responsive. So once we entered what I would consider to be the communication process and the disclosure period, um, you know, it took us quite some time uh, to receive attention and, and, and actually get some of our questions answered. Uh, and, and unfortunately for us, it also took some time for them to ask us questions. Uh, to get additional detail. So, you know, what you want to see happen is when somebody when somebody reaches out to you, so if I'm on the receiving end, you want to quickly acknowledge, uh, you want to interact with the researchers very quickly to understand, you know, their posture, how they're looking at the problem, 
And, and you know, the idea is the research is going to help you understand, like, what the possible impact is to your organization or your enterprise or your service. Uh, and what we come to find out is we had a lot of back and forth, but it was a lot of meaningless dialogue. Like, we didn't really get answers to the questions that we were fielding to Microsoft. We didn't get a lot of, in the way of two-way dialogue back of them asking us questions or looking for additional information. You know, and they initially classified the vulnerabilities not as, as vulnerabilities, but more as a, hey, these are things you should do for best practice. So almost more like a, you know, you should do this for better configuration. You know, it would be a more secure configuration, but not necessarily vulnerability. So, um, and even for us to get to that point, um, that took quite some time to even get down to the fact that uh, they didn't view it as so much as a critical vulnerability, but maybe as more as a configuration best practice. And, you know, a lot of frustration, I'm sure on both sides, uh, between our researchers and I, and I would imagine Microsoft as well, uh, that, you know, the dialogue wasn't more prosperous and it wasn't more clear and concise. Um, you know, but and like I said, as we lay out that 90 day disclosure period, you know, we're marching towards a deadline. So the timer starts immediately from 90 days and counts backwards. Uh, and like I said, it's generally accepted practice across industry that after 90 days, whether they fix it, don't fix it or don't even acknowledge the issue whatsoever. Uh, you know, the, the, the code is that, you know, the company that has the researchers can publicly disclose that so we can make other folks aware of the issue if the actual service provider is not going to do that. Yeah, fair. So just so just to confirm, was the first in my in my introduction to you, it was the 89 days. Was that the first conversation you had or was it before then and you sort of didn't get anywhere and then you're like, okay, the story then changed on the 80 day, sorry, the 89 day mark? Yeah, so we we did of course we did get some acknowledgement and admittedly even that took days and if I'm not mistaken it might have taken uh, even longer than a week to get initial acknowledgement. Uh, so you know they acknowledge hey we reported the issue that's good that's what we like to see, uh, and then it took uh, several weeks again before they acknowledged that hey this is a more of a best practice recommendation or configuration it wasn't so much a security issue, and in fact uh, they they actually did tell us that it wasn't a critical security issue. And, you know, when you're when you're looking at the uh, vulnerabilities coming in or the issues being reported to you coming inbound, you know, you look at the criticality and you have to rack and stack and decide where you dedicate resources and how fast you respond. So I'm sure and I'm not going to make excuses for, for Microsoft by any means, but I'm sure they look at it. You know, somebody makes an initial classification that it's more of a best practice recommendation or configuration, and then they move on to the more pricing issues. Uh, and like I said, I can't speak for them, but you know that is feasible. I mean, I'm sure they get many vulnerabilities reported uh, per day and per week. Uh, so, it, so it took some time before we got the feedback of, hey, this isn't a big deal in essence. Now, as we got closer to you know the 90-day period expiring, uh, somebody obviously reviewed the case. And uh, you know, if I were guessing, you know, they probably track all these vulnerabilities and where they're at in the time window of the 90 days and I would imagine as it gets closer to 90 days, people take another look and somebody took another look and say, hey, you know what? This isn't just a, a best practice configuration recommendation. It actually is a security vulnerability. Uh, so unfortunately, that came to us, you know, what, what I consider to be the last minute. Uh, and, and we're pretty amenable to work with partners that approach the 90 day window as long as they're working with us. So if you continue to have a dialogue, you know, we can extend a day or even a week or two weeks uh, as long as we have a dialogue. And, it, and they're making meaningful progress, and there actually is a risk that we're trying to help them address as well. Have you reported issues in the past with Microsoft and they've come back quite quickly? Is this just sort of the first time where they've been like this, or is that they sort of repeat offenders, or what's your experience? Yeah, so we certainly have, uh, but I will say this is the first time we've done it for some of their cloud services. So our first interaction on the cloud services 
We've done it before in their traditional enterprise products. And, you know, generally the experience has been pretty positive for us. You know, they immediately acknowledge, they reach out to us, they request detail, we have recurring dialogue, we work together to address the issue, we test patches for, for them where we can. Uh, so in, in general, it's worked very, very well. Uh, but, I, but I will note that a couple of our peers, other companies, also more recently found issues in some of Microsoft's uh, uh, cloud services. And their story very much matches ours, where the issues were downplayed, they weren't, the dialogue wasn't there. Uh, and even more recently with the uh, Felina, uh, which is another Microsoft vulnerability, and that was, uh, that was discovered, you know, it was a very similar story. So, you know, I can't say it's a repetitive pattern for Tenable. We've not had this experience uh, more than once that I'm aware of in my time here. But for sure, we can point to other peers that more recently did have this experience. So, you know, Microsoft has their security response center. You would think this would be a pretty polished process across the enterprise. You know, this just didn't start happening yesterday. This has been going on quite some time. So I think it's what, what's unfortunate is I would say historically they've been pretty good at this. Um, all the recent stuff has been cloud-based. So that's a little bit different. Um, so maybe it's, uh, you know, it could be a maturity of the, the security response center and in, in how they work with their cloud services. You know, that's some, that's some uh, speculation on my side. I, I don't know. Uh, but it has been a, a recurring pattern between us and other uh, peers. And specific to the cloud services? Yes. Uh, area, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So would you be able to perhaps reiterate what the risk to users is specifically? Yeah, of course. So, you know, the, the way I like to describe any cloud service provider and Microsoft or any of the other cloud service providers, you know, when they provide managed services for you, you're just getting a service. So that means essentially everything that happens, you know, if you think of a restaurant, everything that happens behind the counter, you don't worry about. Somebody's doing that for you and they deliver a service to you or a product to you. Uh, and in essence, that, that's what this service is. You know, I'm paying them for the service. Microsoft runs and maintains and creates everything that is required, the infrastructure to run that service. And, you know, we have an outside in view. And the vulnerability we identified actually allowed our researchers to escalate privilege. So to an administrative user, which is not something, you know, a user of a managed service would normally have. And, and the issue with that is now we can actually like peek under the covers, if you will, and we can kind of see how things work behind the counter, using my example from a restaurant, and understand what other components make up that system. Uh, so that in itself, a severity where we can escalate privileges and kind of see into what I call the fabric of a cloud service. Uh, what becomes interesting is whether you can use that to do other nefarious things. Uh, so if I could use the escalated privilege to gain additional access within their environment, obviously that's an issue. But probably more pressing is if I can use that to gain access to additional customers, or as you know, they would say, cross-tenant capability. Uh, now, now, I'll note, having said that, and I'm not saying we did that, because we have to follow their rules of engagement for their managed service. So you know, when you sign up to use the service, they have a detailed list. They call it the rules of engagement. Uh, and, you know, it's fairly friendly to penetration testers and researchers, but it does prohibit you from testing things that would, in essence, be considered, you know, exploits and certainly cross-tenant exploits where you're looking at other customers' data. So that's prohibited by the rules of engagement. So one of the issues we run into is even if we think or feel that we might be able to access other customers' data or move laterally, across the environment, uh, you know, the rules and engagement prohibit that. So, you know, we stay within that realm 
and do not specifically try to exercise to see if, that, if that's a possibility. So we're very reliant upon Microsoft to say it is or isn't uh, an, an issue for their broader customer base. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Since going public, have you had any sort of response back from Microsoft customers and about how they're sort of approaching the issue? You know, we've seen some good dialogue across our social media, and, and it's really been around uh, transparency of the providers. And, and, you know, we're a provider. Tenable, are, we are a provider of software. We have a software application as a service, right? Um, and, and the idea is to, you know, make sure you're transparent because we're, we're placing a lot of trust within the providers such as ourselves and such as, you know, the cloud service providers. Uh, and arguably, they provide all of your infrastructure, and now they provide all of your services. And And I think the issue is, you know, if there is a period of vulnerability, and like I said, the normal window is 90 days, and most of the folks in the industry understand what that means, um, you do want to be notified at some point, right? So the, so the hope is they'll fix it, and they also told you they fixed it. Because what you do is you want to be aware that at some point in time, I did have a risk. I know you fixed the risk now, but did I have it for one day or did I have it for 90 days? And, and you know, far be it for me to say, we're the only organization that found this vulnerability. You know, we could have been one of many. Uh, maybe they didn't report it. Maybe they're already using it for their own purposes. Who knows? Uh, that's how the word, world works, right? It, you know, it's a race. Uh, so, th so that's my concern is, you know, did I have a, a vulnerability period from, you know, one day to 90 days? Uh, did they look for active signs that it was actually being exploited or somebody, somebody else made use of the vulnerability exploit? Like, that's the type of stuff you want to hear and see. And we have a couple more recent examples in industry. Where that was one of the issues, if you if you recall, and I'm going to say Octa's third-party breach, it wasn't so much an issue of uh, the fact that they were breached. I mean, that is a big concern, of course, but it was the period of time that had passed before they notified anybody, and people right away wondered, okay, in the intervening time period, what in the world happened? You know, was data going out the door? Was my data at risk? Was I as a customer at risk? And like, you, you don't know, and I think that's kind of. Uh, that's what industry raised as a point of concern is like, I have no idea. I think that's a valid point. So one of the things I'm curious about now is just speaking, large company like Microsoft, I'm assuming that they would have a policy. So 90 day, you know, responsible disclosure, this is our policy. So for example, if you go and complain to an insurance company about something, they usually will say, okay, here's a copy of our complaints policy and you read it and it's like X amount of pages. Does Microsoft have something in place or are there still a level of like maturation that needs to occur here? Yeah, they absolutely do. So this is something they've been doing for years. You know, if you roll back, I've been at this a long time. If you roll back 20 years when nobody did it, the first thing a company did was threaten you with a lawsuit, right? There, there was no process or procedure to respond to these types of issues. Um, now it's common practice. And Microsoft, in, in many intents, has, has led the way. It's fair enough to say they have. And generally, they had been pretty good at it. But it just seems like, you know, whether it's specific to the cloud services uh, or they just need to take another look at the program again, uh, you know, it just seems like they didn't follow their own process and procedure. So we, I mean, we do know they have one. Uh, we've worked with them before, issues not related to the cloud, and, and that has served both of us well, I think. It just in this particular case, it, it didn't fare so well. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, related to cloud, uh, enrolling maybe the cloud services uh, under the umbrella of security response, uh, or if it's some other issue. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's sort of where I was trying to get at with that question to understand, yes, they've got a policy in place, but it's more so the adherence to it that's been ignored, or it's gone by the wayside, or it's somebody else's problem. That's sort of what I'm hearing from you. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, admittedly, uh, just the, the proliferation of managed services by the cloud provider, 
um, they, they come out with new services, you know, it seems like every day in my world. So the next time there's a Azure DevOps you know, conference or one of the other cloud service providers has their next conference, uh, they release new capabilities and features and new services. And it could be as simple as, hey, this is a new service. They didn't have the process and procedures set up to, uh, you know, deal with an inbound uh, security issue or security vulnerability. Uh, and they weren't integrated in that process. You know, I'm speculating on their behalf. I don't know. But, but I will say they've released new products on a pretty frequent basis. So it's, it's hard to say if maybe this wasn't practiced or tabletopped uh, by that team. You know, tabletop exercise where they say, hey, we're going to get a, a zero-day vulnerability. You know, what do we do with this? You know, that's something you want to test. Uh, you want to make sure that product team is also understands how that process works. Yeah, no, m- most definitely. Absolutely. So just to confirm, Microsoft still hasn't acknowledged to its customers about this vulnerability. Is that, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Why do you think that's the case, though, considering you guys, you know, I've obviously seen a CEO of Tenable sort of post and, you know, things are circulating on social media, even this interview, for example. Why do you think now, I get like before you guys hadn't gone public with it, but because you have, why is there still no response if you had to guess? You know, my belief is, and this is where the cloud service providers or any service provider, it it adds a layer of um, obscurity. And, And the reason being is like, for this vulnerability in particular, I as a user and the other users, we don't have to do anything to fix it. Like we're not the ones who actually take action to patch it. So I don't know if they felt maybe, hey, you know what? We acknowledge it internally. We've addressed the issue. We've rolled out the patch. We don't need to notify customers specifically because they don't have to take action. I don't know if that's their reason. Um, I could see that as part of the thinking that uh, there's no action required. And when they fix it, it's not like it takes them, you know, months to roll out the fix. I mean, you know, they, the fix rolls out in a matter of days across the world to all customers impacted. Uh, but I think it goes back again to at least being transparent enough. You know, I appreciate that they, you know, they create a fix for at least one of the issues and they roll it out, but be transparent enough to notify customers regardless. So we understand we might have had some exposure and it may lead to other questions we ask that actually helps them with their security. We may ask them questions like, is there any indication that this was utilized in an attack? You know, what kind of work did you do? What things did you look for? And it would get them to rethink how they look at this event as well. And they may come back and say, you know what, we should have done X, Y, or Z. We should have given our customer reasonable assurances that we actually did do some work to look for uh, utilization or exploit of this vulnerability and provide some assurances. And I'm not going to say that it's going to be 100%, but at least provide some assurances that they were thorough in their investigation and in their response. And so far, there's been nothing of that matter being communicated in terms of investigation, no response. If there has been, I haven't seen it. I, I wish I could say otherwise. And, and it, you know, it's less something that came out in the last few days. I do not believe so. Uh, and, and that's where, that's where uh, you know, Okta, for, the, for their incident, and that's where they kind of got a black eyes. It took them a long time. They eventually did. They were very forthcoming. Uh, like there's, I think their chief information security officer held a few briefings as well. You know, they posted additional information out to the public regarding the issue they had. Now, obviously, that was a breach, so it's different than a vulnerability. But, um, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity for lessons learned. So Tenable is saying that Microsoft refused to acknowledge this as a security issue, which you alluded to before, or you sort of said by the 89th day, it sort of it it changed because maybe it got escalated to someone who then reviewed it and then changed the status of it. Is there anything in writing there that sort of stipulates that Microsoft refused to acknowledge this? Yeah, we actually do have this in writing. So if you were to look at Tenable's uh, technical blog, which we host on Medium, uh, and this is our researcher's raw blog, you know, they do capture the exact quote where they did say uh, they didn't believe it was a, a security issue per se. Uh, and it's it to say, uh, interestingly enough, our researchers 
they record all dialogue that comes inbound with any organization they report or disclose to. And the reason being is, you know, there's, there is some risk or liability associated with that. So we do, we, we save all the dialogue, all the emails, everything we have, just in case, you know, somebody were to raise the threat of, you know, uh, legal action or liability, we make sure we have our tracks covered and we protect our researchers. Uh, so we do have that in writing. So would you say it's fair to say that perhaps Microsoft are trying to get their ducks in a row before releasing an official statement, considering they are a big organization and they, there is many moving parts? I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate and asking the question. Uh, I know working large corporations myself that, yes, in theory, it would be great if people could move a lot faster. I understand the severity of the issue, but perhaps it's just a big moving beast with a lot of employees. But it's sometimes things get lost or mismanaged or there's a dislodgement. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would wholly agree with you. I think it, you know, I, my belief is, my personal belief is, this was more likely just a miss. Do I think this is business as usual for them? I, I don't think so, but they certainly missed in this instance. So I think, you know, as, as they look back and, and maybe highlighting some of this in the media, you know, once we hit the 90 day mark and, you know, we go public, it gives them an opportunity to step back and say, how could we have done this better? Uh, maybe it was a newer service and that service wasn't familiar with how the security response process worked and they didn't have the right context. Um, it's just like anything else, right? We all have misses. Uh, you look back and you figure, what's the best what's the best way we can resolve this and, and make this better moving forward? So if someone from Microsoft were listening to this, do you have any sort of words of advice for them, perhaps that they can take away and and, and work on this problem to, to get better in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as I would say, one of the first things is, you know, I, I'm sure they have this, you know, always have some type of hot wash or after action, right? What could we have done better for any incident, regardless of whether it's specific to this or anything else, right? What could we have done better? Uh, and then I think as well for all the services they provide uh, through their through their cloud services is just making sure that all those components are integrated. Like I said, they launch a lot of different products on a regular basis. Uh, you know, as a part of that, what I would call onboarding, uh, you would want to make sure that they understand like how does this process work? Who are the key contacts? So you know, it's just like anything else, there's an opportunity for improvement here. I don't think this is indicative, although we do have a couple more recent events that echo what we said. Uh, but you know what? It could be. You know, even if that's three or four, it could be three or four out of, to your point, a thousand or ten thousand. You know, it's Microsoft. They're they're a juicy target. They deal with lots of these every single day. You know, Patch Tuesday is indicative of the number of vulnerabilities they address on a recurring basis, right? And that's just the ones for that are lumped in with Patch Tuesday and not their cloud products. I'm sure the cloud products is you know could be double, triple, or even more. Who knows? So what I'm fundamentally hearing from you, Bob, is more so, yes, of course, Patch Tuesday, you know, there's thousands of issues always going on. It's more so the acknowledgement. Hey, thanks for letting us know we are aware or we're not aware of this issue and this is what we're going to do about it. Would you say that perhaps you may have like backed off a little bit more if they had that acknowledgement? Yeah, I think if I think if we would have had better dialogue throughout the 90 day period, it, it, it would have been a different story. It, it just, you know, it's like I said, it was a miss in the communication process. I'm sure there's opportunities for improvement on both sides, but, you know, that's what we're looking for, right? You know, researchers don't go out to slam people. We're just trying to make things more secure. And, and the way we do that is working together. The researcher themselves don't just make things more secure inherently. We have to work with a partner to help them understand the issue and, and help them address the issue. And oftentimes we test and validate to make sure their fix actually works. Uh, so, you know, I, I, like I said, several misses, a lot of them on the communication front, which is often the problem in the world we live in, right? That's where most of the issues stem out of communications. Um, so I think, you know, with those opportunities for improvement, you know, hopefully next time that's better. I think I think us going publicly and, and having some folks weigh in, uh, it just raised the attention enough uh, to make sure that, you know, we all improve and hopefully there's a little bit more transparency that comes out the other side. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair what you're saying. I think it's 
uh, having accountability on both sides. I'm curious to know now, if you just sort of zoom out a little bit more on this incident, but perhaps other ones that you, you've sort of seen in the past is how can we as an industry implement better practices to managing like these affairs? And and I mean, what I mean by this is like, no one really wants to be called out. And like you said, like your researchers aren't there to slam companies, but we're there to sort of keep companies honest and accountable. What are your thoughts for perhaps other people who are listening about better steps that they can have within their organization to ensure like the communication's better or to ensure that there is transparency there for their customers? Yeah, so I, for sure, you know, in step one, ensure you have a process to respond. Not every organization does. Microsoft obviously does, they have for a long time, but not every organization does. And with the proliferation of technology, you know, every day there's going to be new companies stand up technology and have no process to deal with something like this, unfortunately, until it goes public or, you know, you reach out to the CEO directly. Um, so I think, you know, everybody in, in industry, you know, needs to ensure they have a process. Uh, and, and, and they should have their policy stated internally as well. You know, if you do security research, um, you should have your own policies about how you go about doing responsible disclosure uh, and understanding how to work with these entities. And that's everybody from the researchers to our partners on the legal team who we work very closely with these dialogues go on. So I think, you know, that's a large part of it, it really comes down to communication. Uh, and then when it comes to transparency, you know, of course, you don't want to go out the door. And, and notify everybody you have a zero day because that just leads to risk of exploitation. Uh, but sometimes you have to weigh that against act, actual active exploitation. So Atlassian had a vulnerability recently. They did not have a patch for, and they still went public, uh, which is, you know, that happens very seldomly, you know, and, and I think, you know, kudos to them because they wanted to make people aware of the risk. You know, they didn't have a patch. There was no fix. There's a risk. There's active exploitation going on. We're making you aware. Uh, and you have to balance that. That is a fine line to disclose something like that without a fix. And of course, a, a quick occurred quickly thereafter, but that was pretty exemplary for them. And I think, you know, from a Microsoft perspective of, you know, minimally not notifying their customers at all or making folks aware that they had this and, and you know, how long it persisted. And like I said, you know, they did a thorough investigation, all those things, uh, you know, it, it just kind of breaks that chain of trust. Well, thanks very much, Rob, for making time to share Tenable's views on the uh, Azure Synapse vulnerabilities. Thanks for making time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you found today's episode useful and you took away a few key points. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get our latest episodes. If you'd like to find out how KBI can help grow your cyber business, then please head over to kbi.digital. This podcast was brought to you by KBI.media, the voice of cyber.